So during this meditation, uh, I did a little bit of guiding, particularly around going through the steps of the breath meditation, and particularly around uh, the body scan uh, that we use sometimes as a strategy for developing mindfulness of the full body. In the Buddha's teaching on meditation, on breath meditation, mindfulness of breathing, Anapanasate, uh, we are making an effort to be mindful of the body. We begin with the breath as one spot in the body. It's easier to focus on one spot than on the full body. Uh, we begin with being mindful of the breath, but gradually we open up to a mindfulness of the entire body. Some people like to start with the full body, which is fine. Uh, this is one of our primary objectives in developing meditation, the way the Buddha taught us to develop meditation, is to have mindfulness of the full body. So we seek to develop mindfulness of the full body so that our mindfulness, our awareness, uh, is uh, throughout the body and that there's a quality of ease. Sometimes we call that uh, breath energy. Uh, the Pali word is PT. It's sometimes translated as rapture. But it's really a quality of energy that we, again, as an objective, seek to uh, be aware of throughout the body, throughout the body. Uh, and uh, when there's this quality of ease throughout the body and energy, and when the energy is just right, if it's not too strong, there's a quality of pleasure, sukha. So when there, there's this quality of pleasure, then the mind becomes content to remain in the body and not go off out after its usual preoccupations in terms of thoughts and different external uh, pleasures. Uh, when we're not aware of the body, when we're not in the body, we're, we're either in some kind of an external sense experience, if it's the phone or the television, or we're in thoughts. So sometimes, a lot of the time, uh, our experience when we're involved in an external sense experience includes being also involved in thought worlds. So, uh, you know, the eminent scholar and Dharma teacher, uh, Tanisa Robiku, says that, you know, there's no point in the Buddhist teachings. And, you know, if anybody knows the Pali Canon, he knows it, where the Buddha describes concentration when he does not describe it as including having a full body awareness. Yeah. Full body awareness is essential to. Uh, the development of concentration the way the Buddha teaches it. Now, he teaches it this way, and we seek to cultivate this mindfulness of the full body because it will lead us to the end of suffering. It will enable us to know happiness of heart in this life. Now, that's why we do it. You know? I mean, in and of itself, it's a pleasant state, right? When we have full body awareness and there's that flow of energy, uh, it's very pleasurable, and in and of itself, 
that's great, but that's not the goal. You know, the goal is the ending of suffering and knowing true happiness in this life, happiness of heart. So we develop mindfulness of body. It's not the goal. It's not the goal, but it enables us to get to the goal. It enables us to get to the goal. It's the way to the goal. It's the way to the goal. The goal is the ending of suffering. Uh, so really the mindfulness of the body and the development of concentration is the, is, is the heart of the path. The path leads us to the goal. So it's important to know what the goal is. You know, it's important to know what the goal is. Uh, it, you know, this is something that uh, there's a lot of misconception around in, in, in meditation practice, uh, in Dharma. You know, don't, don't worry about the goal. Uh, we, try, we don't worry about the goal. Uh, we don't necessarily focus on the goal. We focus on what's going to get us to the goal but we need to know how we're going to get to the goal. You know, it's important to know what the goal is so we can do what we need to do to get there. So it's important to know what the goal is so that we know why we're doing what we're doing. It's important to know why we're doing what we're doing. You know, because it requires a lot of effort. You know, I mean, it can be very pleasurable once we develop that full body awareness and that quality of ease uh, throughout the body and uh, pleasure. Uh, but it requires a lot of effort to do that. It requires a lot of effort to do that. Uh, and, you know, what's going to enable us to make that effort is knowing that we're doing it in the service of reaching a goal. We're doing it in the service of reaching a goal. So this is, this is really important, you know. We don't develop this body awareness just so we kind of feel good today. Uh, I mean, that's, you could say, a byproduct or that's part of the process. Uh, we do it because you know it's going to re it's going to enable us to reach a very important goal, and you know it, it, and, and and you know I, I make this point because even though you know the full body awareness and some people are are more adept at it than others, uh, from my experience, most people can learn to do it if they're willing to put the effort into it, but it does require effort, and uh, you know. From my experience, we're going to be a lot less likely to make that effort, even though it feels good, uh, if we don't understand why we're making the effort and what the goal is. But when we have a sense of what the goal is, then we're more inclined to make the effort. So we, we do this practice so that we can alleviate suffering. You know? uh, and you know, that may seem like a far-off goal, but, you know, many of you have been practicing for many years. Uh, it's not as far off as we think it is. And if we begin to do what we are asked to do to get to the goal, we'll begin to start to experience, we'll begin to start experiencing some of the fruits of the path. We'll begin to start experiencing what it is like when we're able to uh, develop the full body awareness, develop concentration, and we'll start to experience an alleviation of suffering. Now we suffer because we cling, right? We suffer because we cling. Uh, this is very important. You know, our suffering is caused by what we do. Uh, you know, so, you know, we may be suffering with anxiety over the pandemic, you know, many of us are, or other things in our lives, you know. I was gonna say, 
we're no longer suffering over the election, but maybe that's not true. Uh, so some of us may still be, uh, but let's leave that to the side for now. Uh, you know, we, let's say if, if you know, we're suffering with anxiety over what it is that we're suffering, or we're suffering with resentment over whatever it is we're resentful about, uh, our tendency is to think that uh, the problem is the anxiety. Well, really the problem isn't the anxiety. The problem the teachings would suggest is the way that you're relating to the anxiety, which is by holding on to it. If the anxiety is just there, it's just a physical sensation in the body, this is what we learn to see, well, what really is the anxiety? Oh, just this little physical sensation in the body. Eh, not a problem. What's it like when I hold on to it? Ah, then I'm suffering. Yeah. And of course, when we hold on to that anxiety, it leads to st a story. So we have that feeling of anxiety about the pandemic, and uh, we hold on to that, and we grasp onto that in and of itself. That's painful. And that grasping onto it, the teaching says, gives rise to a story, a narrative. What's going to happen? What's not going to happen? Where am I going to be? What am I going to do? How am I, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we cling to that story. So we, we you know, and, and what happens, of course, is that our experience uh, of the moment, our experience of life becomes very limited to, uh, you know, this feeling of anxiety and the story. We fixate. We fixate. So everything else gets blocked out, and all there is is that feeling of anxiety and the story and the narrative. So for the, as the Buddha used to use this term back in his day, uh, the average run-of-the-mill person, or we could say the person who's not developed in mindfulness of body, when an experience arises like anxiety or resentment or fear, uh, it's all they know. It's all they know. That experience arises. It's the only thing that they're aware of within their field of awareness. Their field of awareness is limited. Our field of awareness is limited to that experience of anxiety that arises. So you could say it's the only place for their awareness or our awareness, since we, to some extent, fall into this category, uh, it's the only place for our awareness to land. So when these experiences arises, we, fix, we fixate on them. Okay? We fixate on the anxiety. We fixate on the story. When we're developed in mindfulness of the body, so that's what tends to happen. An experience arises, it's all we know. Our experience just focuses right in on that anxiety. It's all we know. We hold on to it. We go into that story. And then, of course, we try to escape it by turning on the TV or whatever it is that we can do to get away from it. For the person who's developed in the path, who has mindfulness of the body, when the experience of anxiety arises, uh, it's just one little part of our experience. So there's this experience of anxiety in the body and this this little tightness or this contraction in the chest. Uh, but we're also aware of this full range of the body. So in other words, if we don't have mindfulness of the body, all we know is this experience of anxiety. When there's mindfulness of the body, then we have, we're aware of anxiety or resentment or whatever when it arises, but it's just one little part of our, in our field of experience. 
our field of experience also includes all the rest of the body, uh, the breath, uh, the ease in the body. So when these experiences arise for the person who has mindfulness of the body and a quality of ease and well-being in the body, when an experience arises for you like a different emotion, it doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't have the same impact. You know? So this is a very, very, very powerful uh, uh, aspect of uh, why it is that we develop mindfulness of the body and the benefits of doing that. You know, the classical metaphor that the Buddha gave when he talked about this again and again uh, was the metaphor of the salt crystal. Right? So he, he didn't use a mug, I don't think, but he said, let's say you have a big hunk of salt, right? Big, big salt crystal, big piece of salt, and you have uh, a cup or a jar filled with water. And you take the salt crystal and you put it in the jar or the, the cup, you know, and you drink that water, it's going to be really salty. It's going to be really super salty, right? That's what it's like when we don't have mindfulness of the body and that experience of anxiety arises for us. You know, it's, that's, you know, all we taste is the salt or all we taste is the anxiety. It's the only thing that we have to feed on. The converse of that and this is what it's like for somebody who has mindfulness of the body. The Buddha said, well, what if you have that salt crystal and you throw it into a river? You know, a freshwater river. And you drink from the river. Are you going to taste that salt? No, of course not. It's just a tiny piece in that whole river or that whole lake or whatever. You know? That's what it's like when we have mindfulness of the body. The anxiety arises, but it doesn't have the same power. It doesn't have the same impact. Just as like the salt crystal thrown in a lake or a river, the river Ganges doesn't have the same impact as the salt thrown in the cup. Yeah. So that's a very, very, I mean, many of you are familiar with that metaphor, uh, but it's an extremely important uh, metaphor to understand. Uh, I mean, I've told these stories, I think I told it very recently, you know, and my experience of that was very evident to me <clears throat> when I did, you know, a comparison of contrast like when my mom died, when my father died, you know, in 1994, uh, uh, and uh, you know those feelings, those different, that, those emotions of of of, of anguish arose, uh, and they really sort of dominated my experience. You know, I just fixated on that anguish. You know, when my mom died, you know, in 2015 many years later, and I had developed the practice to a much greater extent. I mean, I had the practice to some extent in 1994. I'd been meditating for four or five years, but in 2015, I'd been meditating for uh, and practicing and developing these skills for many years. You know, those same feelings arose, but they didn't have the same impact. You know, it was just like a salt crystal thrown in the lake or the river compared to the salt crystal thrown in the cup. So those feelings of anguish arose for me, but they were just one part of my experience. You know, it was just a sensation in the body. Otherwise, there was ease, there was well-being in the body, and there was a connection to the heart. You know? So the experience was so different. Or I was talking, 
not too long ago about you know when I when I moved to, to Germany, and uh, you know fear would arise every day more than once usually, but it would arise and it was just this sensation in the body. The rest of the body felt good. There was a sense of ease, and okay, well there's this fear here, you know that's that's a drag. You know, but you know, it's it's just this one little piece of my experience, right? How many times over the years when I've done meditations, you know, we've worked with emotions, have I said, okay, feel the emotion in the body, feel it as a little sensation in the chest, come back to the breath, and notice that, you know, that experience of anger or sadness is just one part of your field, in, in one, one aspect in terms of your field of experience, and there's many other experiences uh, within the fathom long length of the body. So, you know, that, that feeling of fear would arise for me, but it was just this one little, one little experience in the body. Now, if I had tried to move to Germany, you know, 30 years ago, when fear rose, I would have fixated on that. That would have been all that I knew. That would have been all that I knew. And, and, and you know, the, so much of the reason why we're able to be with experiences when they arise uh, is when we have a full body awareness and a sense of ease in the body, those experiences arise, but they don't have the same influence on us. They don't have the same influence on us. So uh, they don't overwhelm us. They're just one part of our experience and oftentimes a small part of our experience. When we're established in ease and pleasure in the body, different painful emotions arise, but they don't have the same effect on us. We feel good. We feel good. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if your body is tight and tense and all you know is agitation in the body, and then an, some kind of an emotion arises, it's just like you're a raw nerve and, uh, you know, you become overwhelmed. But if you feel good, if the body feels, uh, there's a pleasant tone in the body and something that's unpleasant arises. It's just this one little unpleasant sensation within this field of awareness that otherwise feels good. And we don't become overwhelmed. We're not crippled by, uh, by a, a painful sensation of anger or stress or anxiety. And we can put the mind in a good place, you know. Another way that, you know, and it's a little bit similar to the salt crystal, but not quite the same thing, is when we use the analogy of feeding, you know. It's like when we don't have mindfulness of the body, we don't have other options in terms of where to put our awareness uh, and a certain emotion arises for you. It's, it's like, you know, we feed on that and it's the only food source that we have. It's the only thing that we have to feed on, you know. It's like... It's like you go to a, back in the day when you could do stuff like this, you go to a beautiful hotel and, you know, there's a beautiful buffet there and it's only one food. All they have is, is shrimp, you know, and you don't like shrimp, you know. You know? Uh, when you have this awareness of the full body and there's a quality of pleasure, it's like this sumptuous buffet, you know, it's like this sumptuous buffet, you know, all different pleasurable, and you can choose what to feed on. You have, you have options. You have options. 
You have options, and you know that you have options, and you know that you can feed on the ease in the, of the breath and the pleasurable sensations in the body. So when we, when we fixate on an emotion, and this is what, when we don't have mindfulness of the body, we don't really have anything else to feed on, and we fixate. We either fixate on the emotion, so we, you know, our choices are either because we don't have awareness of the body and a sense of ease in the body, when an emotion arises, we have two choices. We either fixate on it, or we try to find relief from it in something external to the body some external sense experience. Uh, uh, And we lose our connection to our body and the heart. So this is really what happens when we're suffering is uh, our suffering, the anxiety and the holding on to it, dominates our awareness and where we have no connection to the heart. We, have, we lose sight of the heart. When we have mindfulness of the body, there's this quality that we often refer to as space. So the painful experience is there, the painful emotion, but we don't have to fixate on it. Uh, we don't fixate on it. We have a wider field of awareness. There's space, so the feeling of anxiety is still there. So one of the things that happens and this this is a good indicator, you know. A lot of times when people are feeling uh, 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 a painful emotion, they want to get rid of it. Anybody in that category, right? You want to get rid of it because it's the only thing that you have. But when you have mindfulness of the body and a sense of ease in the body, it's like you don't need to get rid of it. You just let it be. You just let it be. There's no There's no urgency to get rid of it. All right, this can, this is here. You know what? I don't need to get rid of this anxiety. It's here, but the rest of the body feels great. You know, this can be here. That's you know not a problem. You know, I'm going to focus on the breath. I'm going to feel the ease in the body. I don't have to get rid of this. I don't have to get rid of this. So that's what happens when you develop this full body awareness and a sense of ease. Is you're no longer desperate to get rid of the things that are painful. You're no longer desperate to get rid of the painful things that are painful because your experience includes that which is pleasurable and that which is easeful. So, so we were able to, you know, have space. You know, the feeling of anxiety is here, but we also have a wider field of awareness. We also have space. We can put the mind on the breath. We can feel that ease in the body, uh, and then we can connect to the heart. We can be connected to the heart. That's why I always say when you feel, uh, you know, an emotion, bring awareness to it, create a little bit of space, but then go to the breath, right? Go to the body by going to the breath, and then you can connect into the heart. That breath piece is the missing piece for most people because they can bring awareness to what is arising perhaps, but then they have no place else to go. You got to have someplace else to go. You have to have a good home for the mind. You have to have a pleasurable and easeful abiding, some place to rest the mind, some place for the mind to reside, and then we can be close to the heart. You know, so when there's this space, we're not cut off from the heart. The anxiety is here, the breath is here, the body is at ease, and we have access to the heart. Uh, we can have the intention to uh, to act 
and to move forward regardless of what our circumstances are uh, with love and compassion. There's wisdom, there's the understanding of what it is that we need to do to move forward, uh, and, uh, and we're able to meet our experience with compassion, but also have the intention to, uh, to move forward, you know? You know, all right, well, there's anxiety about the pandemic, you know, but there's ease and there's a sense of well-being and I can be connected to the heart and have compassion for myself for my suffering and have an intention to continue to move forward in my life with love and compassion, understanding that, uh, that you know, I can know happiness of the heart from day to day uh, as I move forward in this life. So... Uh, so really, the sort of the message of the talk is, 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 you know, the message that the Buddha so often gave, practice jhana, practice jhana, develop full body awareness, develop these qualities of ease and pleasure in the body uh, in the meditation, but learn to maintain full body awareness as you go with you throughout the course of your day because that's when things are going to arise, right? And if we don't have this field of experience that we're able to, where we're able to be aware, the full body in a state of ease, when these emotions come up during the day, they're going to be all that we know, and we're not going to have any choice but to feed on them and to fix on them, fixate on them and their suffering. But when things come up during the course of the day, you know, the Buddha was very clear about this. You know, he said, you know, Mara won't gain an entry. You know, you know, different painful things are going to come up during the course of the day, but you feel good, you have a sense of the full body, you have a state of place of ease, you have a place where you can keep the mind that's pleasant, and you can stay connected to the heart. So, so you know, this is the path, you know, this is the way to the goal, to the end of suffering. As we begin to develop mindfulness of the body, uh, you know, we begin, you know, so, you know, you, you you know, we just want to get to the end of suffering, right? Yeah. Well, this is the way to the end of suffering. This is the way to the end of suffering. We want to kind of jump over this, you know? But it's very important to develop this full body awareness, this quality of ease and pleasure in the body. Uh, you know, we begin to start to do this, we'll begin to know the end of suffering. We begin to know the end of suffering, you know? And the more we do it, the more we'll know freedom from our suffering. And that's why the Buddha often, you know, often, often, often ended his talks. You know, over there are the roots of trees. Over there, empty buildings. Practice jhana monks. Don't be heedless. Don't later fall into regret. You know, this is our message to you.